Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. Well, I feel like the Lord has just um, set the stage this morning through our focused prayer and our first service. And I just want to share something with you from my heart. And uh, I will say some things that will probably overlap other things that I've said. And uh, I'm not doing that because I'm out of things to say. I just feel the Spirit of God pressing. I feel a pressing in my heart. And uh, so I want us to just pray over the Word. I'm not really going to take a text formally, but we're going to be talking about the life of Joseph today. And... Uh, Somewhere in all of this, let's find ourselves. Lord, I love you today, and I thank you for the wonderful privilege that you have given us to all be in this house. And oh Lord, I seriously and sincerely say this, that if we were to leave right now, we have been fed, we've been challenged, our hearts are full, our minds, oh God, are full. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would help me not to belabor an issue, but just add to what has already been laid. I pray that your spirit, your authority, your anointing will touch our minds and our hearts in the fear of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. It is indeed an honor to be in the presence of God. It's an humbling thing to be in the presence of God. People stand in line for hours to meet celebrities just in hopes of shaking their hand, perhaps getting their autograph. But if none of that happens, they're uh, on the sidewalks in Hollywood imprinted into the concrete are the handprints and the footprints of where famous people have stood. Many times people have spent their well-earned and hard-earned money to be able to travel halfway across the country just to be able to stand where John Wayne stood or place their hands where someone we deem famous in our culture has placed their hand. But can I tell you today, my heart is overwhelmed because I feel that in this very service today, we have been able to place our feet, amen, where some have stood. There's a holy and a sanctified power and presence in this house this morning. I think that it is universally true that most of us, or perhaps all of us, have dreams and aspirations, things that we are reaching for. The apostle Paul spoke candidly about pressing toward. There was something before him, a goal, an insight, something that was not only pushing him from behind, but there was something in the innermost of his innermost that was pressing him forward. It is not wrong or there would be no ill intentions perhaps in most cases for us to have dreams and things that we are 
praying and asking God to bring into complete fruition in our lives. Yet, at the same time, while we would say yes, that we have things that we want to see and hopes and dreams that we want to see fulfilled, we equally have things in our lives that we have to deal with. Things that are not pleasant, perhaps things not uh, visible to the common eye or altogether just street knowledge of things that people would be facing in their lives. Serving, of course, as the pastor and shepherd of this church, I know a lot of things about a lot of families that are here and so I understand some of the things that you are even wearing and facing in this very moment. However, that seems to be somewhat veiled when we come together in worship. We lift our hands commonly and we lift our voices commonly. We sing a common song in adoration to our God. And behind, behind our smiles and behind our praise and worship, not implying that it is superficial at all, but behind all of that are trials and troubles and pressures and weights that are gnawing into our mind and our conscience even now. And we are not alone. We're in good company today because we are, we are in the company of not only men and women in this house that have faced and are facing things of that nature, but we are in the company of a lot of patriarchs that have walked this way before us. And such was the case of a man named Joseph. It's the story and in his life we find the affirmation that indeed life is filled with pockets of good and pockets of bad. In John 16 and 33, Jesus said, in the world ye shall have tribulation. That's just a blanket statement. If we stopped there, our world would be gray. But God never leaves us in that hinged place. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's going to be tribulation. There will be valleys that you walk through. There will be days and even seasons of uncertainty. But just understand this. I made it through. I came through. In Philippians 3.10, Paul said something very interesting. He said, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. Now, that's a bold statement because again, this is another phrase that we could put a period instead of a comma and we could just say that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and stop there. That I may just know the wonder and the beauty and the power of God. But Paul understood something about relationships and balanced relationships. And if I'm going to be in a real relationship, then it's not all going to be roses. And if I'm going to be in a real relationship, then there are going to be days that it's not downhill. There are going to be a few uphill days. And so the... Paul said, I want to know the Lord and the power of his resurrection, but I'm also willing to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Paul said, I see something worth pressing for. I see something worth pushing for. I, I understand that there's a whole matter here and I am willing to not only embrace the triumph, but I'm willing to embrace the trial. Paul seemed to understand that, that we cannot have a balanced relationship without the ebb and the flow, the good and the bad. It's part and parcel of it all. Now, none of us truly enjoy the challenges that come into our lives, yet we all have to face them. 
It may be challenges in relationship or finance or health or the list could go on and on. But the good news is this, that God always has the last word. And so we just put our faith and our trust here when I'm reading through the word of God especially when I'm reading at the beginning of the year, reading through the scripture, and I come to the story of Joseph, I've never reached that place in my Bible that I said, well, I've already read this time and time again. I think I'll skip this this year. I already know how the story ends. It is a story of such trial and triumph that I just have to make the journey again and again and again. His picture I mean, it's probably one of the most remarkable and one of the most revealing life stories in all of history. His life is a portrait of a faithful journey, a journey that led him to a place of success. He was adored by his father. He was envied by his brothers. He rises under the rule of Potiphar and is framed by Potiphar's wife when he was being so loyal. He rises again under the warden of a prison of a prison but then forgotten by two men that he was actually serving time with. Two years goes by but God has not forgotten the promises and God had not forgotten the dreams. Now I've just kind of taken a little liberty here to jump into the pool about midway trusting that most of you have read or understand a little bit at least about the lies the life of Joseph. And here is this young man who has dreams. God has put something in his heart. It's just a matter of debate as to whether or not you think Joseph should have kept his mouth shut or if he did the right thing by, by sharing those dreams that seemed to come at a high price. Nevertheless, when you read the story of Joseph, it is kind of somewhat like a tennis match. I mean, he's here and then he's here and then he's here and then he's here and it's just kind of hard to keep up with and make sense of all of that. But something in his heart held him true. My, my subject today is simply this, the giver of the dream, the giver of the dream. And that's where I want to focus today and I hope that makes sense in a little while. Dreams inspired by God. Dreams that were given to him by the Lord of what his life was going to be. And then only to face some of the most incredible and unique circumstances. I want you to notice something odd with me about this, at least odd to me. But none of the things that Joseph faced in his life were ever even hinted at in any of these dreams. The Lord gave him dreams of what his life would be. He gave him dreams of where he would be. But the Lord never never mentioned the journey between point A and point B. I'm not trying to charge God with that, but what I'm trying to tell you is this, is that God doesn't color in all four corners. He gives us enough to get us going, and it's by faith that we're gonna hold on to him. And so I don't wanna talk about the dreams today so much as I wanna talk about the giver of the dream. Amen, each of us, I think, are likely to face life's challenges on different levels. What you encounter, I may not have to encounter and vice versa. Let every man run the race that is set before him. Let every man run the race that is set before him. And so we are all going to have to run the unique race that is before us. But God has promised us that he would not leave us 
he would not forsake us and that he would give us strength. He said, as thy days are, so shall thy strength be. And so we spend years perhaps developing certain dreams, perhaps a vision of what our life may become and invariably we face unexpected challenges along the way. The question is, is how can we succeed and how can I reach that pinnacle that God has revealed to me when things in my life seem to take a drastic turn. But I believe that Joseph reveals the wisdom to make this journey. And I want to keep my eyes fixed on those that navigate their way through storms and come out the other side. I say that respectfully, but I'm going to fix my eyes on people that not only know how to rejoice when things are well, but I want to keep my eyes fixed on those that know how to survive and come out the other side. They're not jaded, they're not turned inside out, they're not bitter and they're not indifferent, they're not soured to the things of God or the things of life, but somehow through it all, amen, they held their head up, somehow through it all they kept their shoulders square, somehow through it all they kept their faith intact, hallelujah. Those are the ones that I wanna keep my eye on, I wanna connect my heart and my life to them, I wanna connect my life life to those. I want to connect my life to those. One of the most common responses that I've seen in the lives of people when trial, tribulation, heartache and disappointment come is that feeling, that gnawing feeling that God has forsaken us. Amen. Brother Chris Osborne so adequately touched on that today. Amen. It may not be something that we say to others. It may not even be something that we voice to ourselves out loud. But during blinding storms, it can be very easy to assume that somehow God has taken a left turn when our life went on a right trajectory. Joseph was forsaken in a pit, later forsaken in a prison. Perhaps there have been times when we felt the same way. For Joseph, this detour began when he was stripped of the garment, that coat of many colors that his father adoringly gave him. And this is where he had to learn some serious disciplines in his life. I believe today that I could tell you with assurance that I know what it is like to have a few things stripped away from you and to feel like in the moment of time that that your life is never gonna be the same. But I just wanna stand as a living testimony today and tell you that Joseph is not the only one. I'm not trying to suggest that I'm the only other one in this building, but I'm telling you we're in a host of people that know what it's like to have something you thought was just within your reach and it can be torn away from you without notice. But hear me today, if you'll just stand your ground and stay faithful to God, God may be removing one thing out of your hand because he wants to put something else in it. God may be trying to pull one thing out of your life because he wants to place something better or greater than that in your life. And so therefore, if God has given me the dream. My confidence doesn't just need to be in the dream. My confidence doesn't just need to be in the journey. My confidence needs to be in the giver of the dream. If God said it, he'll fulfill it. If God gave me the word, I'm going to stand on that word. It may seem like an eternity between here and there. 
I didn't find myself or envision myself in this pit. I didn't envision myself stripped and robbed of those things, but God said, just be patient and I'll give you back that and more. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Whether he was in a pit or a prison, Joseph affirmed that God was with him and he was able to do the work. He proved that God was bigger than any circumstance he found himself in. In Genesis 40 and 8, maybe you saw this years ago. I don't know. I, I could be the late comer here. Maybe you saw this when you were teaching the nursery class Sunday school. But I didn't see this till last night. In Genesis 40 and 8, the baker and the butler come to him in prison. And they said, we have dreamed a dream. And there is no interpreter of it. And it was at this juncture that Joseph had a decision to make. He could have been cynical. He could have been sarcastic. He could have, he could have, he, he could have taken many, many positions on this. He could have just shut up altogether and his mind, he could have said, well, here we go with the dreams again and I'm not gonna have anything to do with the dreams because the last time I got involved with dreams, well, look around. This is what I got out of dreams. This is what I got out of it. And so he could have just kept his mouth shut. He could have just excused himself, gone back to his cell. He could have excused himself and and, and walked away from these two men. Or he could have opened his mouth and he he could have with just his tongue, there's life and death in the tongue, the scripture says. He could have told these men, hey, you don't want anything to do with that. I'm the end result of all this. You want to watch your hands. You better get out of here. You better drop that and run. I'm going to tell you something. Joseph was not where he thought he was going to be. Joseph is not in that high place that God was showing him about in the dream. But somehow Joseph never lost confidence in the giver of the dream. Amen. And it was at this juncture. Amen. He could have told them about all the peril of his life but somehow he never lost his hope in the giver of the dream. Hallelujah. We know this with an assurance because he said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? And then he said, Sister Chelsea, he said, tell me the dream. Tell me the dream and I'll help you find the designated end. Share with me. He still believed in dreams even though dreams cost him everything. He still believed in dreams even though it had stripped him of his family. It had stripped him of his past. It had robbed him of what he deemed to be his future but he still held on to the giver of the dream and I tell you today you may look around and you may say I'm not where I thought I would be at this juncture of my life Satan has tried to rob me and strip me and he has tried to dismantle my confidence in God and tried to dismantle my confidence in man but I'm going to tell you that I'm going to put my hope, I'm going to fix my compass, I'm going to set my course by the giver of the dream. I'm going to touch, I'm going to touch that nail scarred hand. I'm going to reach for the hem of his garment because the giver of the dream has never let me down 
He's never let me down. just tell you it's a good thing it's sure a good thing bitterness hadn't gotten in his heart it's sure a bitter it's sure a good thing that he hadn't let this jade something in his spirit it's sure a good thing he didn't keep his mouth shut and go back and mind his own business because he didn't have any idea but when he opened himself to still believing in the giver of the dream for the baker and the butler that positioned him to still be in the position amen to have Pharaoh say come here I need you to interpret a dream because you still believe in the giver of the dream hallelujah it would be the devil's pleasure sir to lock you down right where you are it would be the devil's pleasure to lock your hands and to stop your ministry in its tracks here today but I'm going to ask of you in Jesus name amen lies may have disappointed you people may have disappointed you situations and circumstances and even institutions may have disappointed you but would you raise your hand and your head and look into the eyes of the giver of the dream the giver of the dream has not failed us shut him up with a baker and the butler he would have locked his life into just spending it out as a common prisoner yeah I've been scarred yes I've been wounded yes I've been disappointed and I've been betrayed by my very own but let me raise my hand and tell you who's never let me down (laughs) and that's the giver of the dream The giver of the dream has helped me to prosper wherever I've been. The giver of the dream. Hallelujah. Rather than trusting in in the arm of man, he said, I'm gonna trust the nail-printed hands of our God. During these particularly trying times, we have to affirm God's power by making the best of a bad situation. A common temptation and challenge in times is just to become passive and, 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 and just kind of become neutral and disengage ourselves and, and, and feel like the victim of circumstances. But I want to tell you that when you become a victim of circumstances, you lose all sense of having a choice. And now you're at the whelm of somebody else. You're just dangling at the end of someone else's rope. The whole of our culture has begun to embrace such a spirit. Amen. Whatever happened to Joseph, he just kept making the best of it. 
sold into slavery, but that's all right. God took him to the head servant. Sent to prison, but he took over the administration. Brought before the king and became the Pharaoh's right-hand man. Abraham Lincoln said, success is not letting dead ends kill you. You just, you just have to keep pressing forward. Having done all to stand, you just stand. You just keep standing. And so if we, if we face our problems and respond to them positively and we refuse to give in to bitterness and self-pity, we are bound to come out victorious because God will stay with us. Joseph was a man who had his character tested. Think about it. God allowed his life to be challenged with what's most likely the two most common temptations, and that was anger and lust. Joseph could have been given, succumbed to the spirit feeling of anger, that desire to get even, that desire to settle the score, that desire to tell your side of the story. God allowed Joseph to be placed in that position and how easy it would have been for him and how much he could have justified how he felt. But we just see how his character remained intact when you come to the end of his story. I'll just hold my peace and God can count all of this when it's done. He was tempted with lust in Genesis 39, speaks of Joseph being entrusted with everything in Potiphar's house except the very bread that he ate. All else was in the hands of Joseph. There was something apparently intoxicating about all of this to, the, to the, his master's wife. In verse seven, the Bible says after these things that, that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. And that interesting phrase I've mentioned many times through the years, cast her eyes. And here, here I believe it's fitting to, to make this footnote that when Satan found out he couldn't overcome him with problems, he tried to overwhelm him with pleasure. Can I tell you today that some people are not in church this morning, not just here, but in churches all across America because they, they've let, allowed problems to keep them away. But some are not in the house of worship today because pleasure has taken them out and it has lumped somehow worship and, and faithfulness to the house of God has taken the place of what should be the highest mark on our calendar and that is to be in the house of God. And the scripture says that she did this day by day. It was the wearing down, the chipping away. It was not a one-time thing. I, I, no, no, not, not just no today, but no tomorrow. And not just no tomorrow, but no, no, no the next day. And, and it'll be no on Friday. And It'll be no next Tuesday. It'll be no, it'll be no. But one day he went in to attend his duties. She caught him by the garment. He fled, leaving his coat in her hand. Amen. And now, and now Joseph was gonna face another twisting turn, an unforeseen dip in the road, another pit stop. But God didn't see it that way. God saw the challenging times as an opportunity to, Position him, I'm gonna move him. I pardon the, the expression here, but I've just used this for years. But we are pawns on the chessboard of life 
And, and before you curse where God's moving you, you need to consider where he's trying to get you. God may have to shift us to an uncomfortable place on the board, but, but don't lose heart. The game's not over. <laughs> don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't flip the table over and walk away. This is just where God, if you weren't here, then God couldn't take you to the next place. And I'm gonna tell you that I speak from experience, but I am echoing the sentiments of many in this house. I look back over our lives. My wife and I have looked back over our lives and especially in our married life and ministry. And we thought how many times that we were here and this is just where God has us. And this is where we're gonna camp out. And this would be, I'm not talking about physical locations, but I'm talking about ministry. And then all of a sudden that's torn away and you think what in the world are you doing God but I look back and I see that if God hadn't moved me from here to here that I would have never been in the place to go from here to here and so I just got to realize that when I am in this valley of uncertainty and I am veiled by the fog of life that I have to say Lord I'm going to put my confidence not in the dream but I'm going to put my confidence in the giver of the dream because there will be days that the dream makes no sense there will be days when the dream makes no sense but the giver of the dream that's the one that's the one that's the one oh oh it's so much easier to read this than it is to live it but James said count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the trying of your Faith work with patience, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect, entire, complete, whole, whole, whole. That's where he's trying to take us, completeness, wanting nothing. Through the years, I've often warned about something that I feel impressed to mention again today. There are some things that we should note about these seasons of distractions in the life of Joseph and others. And that is, is that Joseph was in Potiphar's house by the will of God. He found refuge. Am I right? But in the same place of refuge, he was also distracted. He had been there long enough for his wife, Potiphar's wife, to observe his strengths and his weaknesses. And she said, I'm going to cash that check. And in the very house of refuge, a distraction came. And when you have distractions in your life, it's proof of perhaps more than one thing, but it is certainly proof that your dream is real. <laughs> the dream is real. The enemy's just trying to get your attention over here, get your attention over here. Amen, but the heart of the devil tries to shake the cage of your life. You need to get more solidified in your heart that what God has revealed to me is true and I gotta stay focused and I've got to be careful and you have got to be careful that you don't join yourself to the wrong thing in a season of distraction. Because you see what's born, what was born in the season of your distraction is ultimately going to have to follow you into your destiny. So be careful what you do in a season of distraction because you may give birth to something that is not so easy to set aside. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
Think about with me, and I've used this example. If you've been around here, you've heard me say this before, but think about Abraham and Sarah, and that will solidify my point. Abraham had, a, had the promise, and, and he had to separate that promise from the solution. You see, Sarah said, I think we got an answer here in Hagar, and we can do this. And we can fix our own problem. But you see, it was a season of distraction for Abraham. And what was born in a season of distraction was present, still present, when he came to a season of destiny. But in the season of destiny, mama looks up one day and sees Ishmael making fun of Isaac. And mama said, this ain't gonna be. This, this won't be now. We're going to deal with this now. We're not going to get around to this. This is not, you know, when you're free one Saturday. I want you to get on, on this. No, no, no. We're going to do something about this now. Amen. We have got to understand there are some things that we can't afford to bring into our destiny. It has no place there. It has no room there. Amen. I feel the spirit of distraction right here. I speak against it because God is trying to deal with somebody right now. Amen. I feel like the spirit, I feel like the spirit of the Lord is trying to speak into somebody's heart right now. Be careful in your moment of season of distraction, sir or ma'am, that you don't give birth to something that don't belong in your destiny. Amen, I'm gonna say no, I gotta stay pure, I gotta stay holy, I gotta stay with God. Amen, we have to find, Joseph or Abraham found out that his mistake and his miracle, there wasn't a house big enough for them both to live under the same roof. You can't have your mistake and your miracle. Don't give birth to something in your distraction that does not belong in your destiny and I must move on. Amen, but I just reach for you today in the Holy Ghost don't allow, don't allow the season of prison. Don't allow the season of accusation. Don't allow the season that's trying to rob you to give birth to something in your heart that won't fit into your destiny. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but it's where he stands in times of challenge and controversy. That's where you see the real makeup of a man. Ultimately, we see the affirmation of God's control, but it wasn't over. It wasn't over. It was where he was going next that was really gonna lead him to where God was trying to get him ultimately. And it was back to that dungeon. It was there in that dungeon where, where Joseph would see something that's gut-wrenching. He would, he would see men die and he would see men raised and elevated coming into their own. And if you know the story, then you remember well that it was in the dungeon that Joseph met the baker and the butler. They each had a dream. They came for an interpretation. The butler was raised back to his place, but the baker was killed. It was in the dungeon of Joseph's life that Pharaoh the king finally discovered the jewel. And it was here finally God had worked him and worked until he became visible to the most powerful man. And that man said, I'll have you. And he led him to the throne. The Bible, the Bible is so replete of stories of people who knew how, with the help of God, to just place their confidence and trust in him. 
and God could test them to see what was really there. You ever bought something that really looked strong, it really looked sturdy, but, but it wasn't made of the right material and underweight, under pressure, it just folded. It just wasn't what it was supposed to be. The Bible says of Hezekiah in 2 Chronicles 32 and 31, God left him to try him that he might know all that was in his heart. Wow. I got to know everything that was in your heart. I want you to stand, if you will. You see, in every life, winds blow. No, it won't be the same wind, but winds blow. I, like you, I'm sure, we see devastating storms come affect not only our state, but coastlines, but not, not just that, tornadoes in the Midwest. Have you ever just been kind of puzzled by the the utter devastation of a home right here and this house barely has a few leaves blown down. Just, was this the good guy and this the bad guy? No. Just life. Life blows in different ways. The news cast Reveal to us the storm of this household. But we don't know what other winds were blowing in this household because into every life some rain must fall. It rains, the just, the unjust. So what our challenge today is this, is putting our faith and trust in the giver of the dream. Our world is searching, seeking for answers. The church world is searching and seeking for answers. Please do not take what I'm about to say out of context, please. But many in the, in the church world today are seeking out people that can give them the timeline of where we are in this day. instead of rejoicing that we are in this day. I wanna tell you something. The, the scripture says we see through a glass darkly. There's not any person walking the face of the earth that can tell us where we are. Amen. We're looking around us. We never ever thought we would live long enough to see the things going on in this country. Now, this has been going on in the world, around the world, forever, for generations. We in this protected bubble called America have not had to deal with some of the things that are, that, that are sitting now on our doorstep. But can I tell you today, not trying to discount anything, not trying to play down anything, but I just need to tell you that our faith and our confidence has got to be in the giver of the dream. Amen. What should we be doing in this hour? I don't want to, I'm afraid I'm going to be misunderstood, but I'm going to tell you what I'm 
not going to be doing in this hour. I'm not going to be trying to delve into the plunges of the plunging rather to the depths of something to try to come up with a day, a time, an hour. I'm gonna unfold this and this is how it's going to be. I'm not trying to relish in ignorance, but I'm gonna tell you today that God has all of this in his hands. The best I could do is see through a glass darkly and when I get to the end of what I think it might be, I could still be wrong. And when they get to the end of what they think it might be, it could still be wrong. But here's what I'm gonna do. We may be in a dungeon. We may be in an uncertain place. We may be where we never thought we would be but I'm going to tell you there's a giver of a dream he was serious on day one he is still sober on day on this day he was he was right then and he is right now he is right now so what does the church need to do we need to have church Amen, what does the church need to be doing? We don't need to be sitting home. We don't need to be sitting back. Amen, we don't need to come to church and hold anything back. We need to throw down, friend. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. People still need to know the revelation of the Godhead. They still need to know the power and the importance of baptism. They need to understand the power of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Don't let the church be running scared when we ought to be standing and declaring that I still believe in the giver of the dream. I still believe in the giver of the dream. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord, church. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. Let's be the church. I'm gonna stand in this pulpit if God will give me strength. I'm gonna hold this microphone if God will give me the strength. If God will put air in my lungs, I'm gonna preach the infallible word of God. Hallelujah. He is still God. He is forever God. He reigneth. Yes, he does. He reigneth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.